G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host with the most, T. Roy McCubbin. Yeah, you have no say in it. And welcome to another Guitar Wank. It's 172 episode. So thank you for joining us. I hope you are enjoying the Lukatha episodes. It's been, uh, it's fun. We're going to, we've got one more of Luke to come, uh, but we're not going to do it this week. Uh, up your bum. You're going to have to come back. But uh, we've got a great one for you this week. We've got Mr. Joe DeLuca. I'm going to let Bruce uh, introduce him to you guys, to lovely listeners. Uh, in the meantime, remember, we have gifts to give away. Uh, I believe we have a new winner uh, that I have to announce. And that would be... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new winner that we have to announce, or maybe we did announce, I don't know. But anyway, uh, our new winner is Danny Weiss. Danny, congratulations. Woo! All right. Good one for Danny. Danny, you have won a left coast pedal. Actually, I think you've won one of the coolest pedal, the overdrive pedal with the, uh, what do you call it? The volume pedal. Um, that you can add more distortion. What's that word I'm looking for? I fucking can't think of it. Ah, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Anyway, it's a fucking cool prize. That's pretty good for just listening to a silly podcast. Anyway, Danny, reach out to us at guitarwank.gmail.com. Make sure I have all your details and we get that pedals. It's actually a couple of pedals because it's the uh, Left Coast Workshop Overdrive Pedal, and um, which is called... Yes, which is called the El Porto pedal. You can check him out at leftcoastworkshop.com. It's the El Porto, and you plug an expression pedal into it. So you can adjust the gain and have the expression pedal give you the amount of gain you want. It's pretty friggin' cool. It's a great sounding pedal. And um, thank you, Jim, from leftcoastworkshop.com. Go check out Jim's pedals. He's making amazing boutique pedals, and uh, he's a good bloke. So, uh, and he, they sound amazing. So, uh, congratulations to Danny Weiss. 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 Is it Weiss? 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 Anyway, Danny, congrats, mates. Uh, congrats, mates. Oh, fuck. It's a late night. Uh, all right. So, uh, if you haven't already signed up on patreon.com uh, slash guitarwank, go there. Go to our website, guitarwank.com, and the top left-hand corner is a link to Patreon, you can go there and you can be a part of all that and win amazing prizes if you so want to. If not, you can buy a hat, buy a mug, buy a cap, cap buy a t-shirt, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Buy merch, wear it proudly, and or you can donate or you can do nothing. You just listen to this podcast and um, write us horrible emails. You can do that too at guitarwank at gmail.com. Bruce Foreman is heading down under, ladies and gentlemen. If you are in Australia, keep a, an eye out. Of, <laughs> keep, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Keep an eye out for uh, his uh, gig dates. He's going to be down there with Danielle D'Andrea, the most amazing singer. I think she's fucking badass. She's so awesome. I love Danielle. Uh, she is amazing, and her and Bruce together are just ridiculous. So if you are in Australia, you're in Melbourne, you're in Sydney, there's, uh, they're doing a bunch of gigs down there, make sure you try and catch them, and uh, that's really cool. And I think he might be doing one or two red guitar shows down there. 
and there's still a chance if you have if you want to book uh, Bruce you might be able to get and squeeze another red guitar show out of him if you want to host it you can host it at your house Housed. <laughs> fucking hell man I'm not editing this I just can't be bothered alright yeah, I'll just try and speak right right I'll just try and spoke right uh, at your house you can host a guitar wank the red guitar have Bruce over do it in the living room have 20 people over and you have an amazing night It'd be incredible to have Bruce in your living room playing the red guitar. But anyway, I'm just throwing options. You have options. Uh, so anyway, so Bruce will be down there from June, I think, 19th through to uh, July 2nd or something. But anyway, so check your local listings. I guess that's what they say. Other than that, what else we got going on? We have more prizes to give away. We have Wire World Pro Audio Gift Pack. This is probably our most expensive gift we will be giving away. It's a ton of amazing Wire World Pro Audio cables. Larry and David uh, just gone nuts and they're giving us all this amazing product. <laughs> I know they're listening and they're like, what, what? We're giving you what? Yeah, you are. You're giving us all this amazing product to give away to our listeners. If you need a good guitar cable or any kind of cable, go to Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. People like Nathan East is using them. Um, uh, like Stu, uh, Stu Ham, the bass player. Uh, there's a ton of people that they're, they're always meeting new people and players that are using their stuff. I don't know. I use this shit. I love it. And I uh, really enjoy their stuff. But uh, Wireworld Pro Audio Cable. And we'll be giving away that gift pack soon. And of course, another big prize, the Quilter Amp, we'll be giving away as well. So make sure you sign up to Guitar Wank. Get on the uh, subscription list. Get on Patreon and uh, spread the word. Because we are giving shits away, ladies and gentlemen. you got to be in it to win it some good stuff alright uh, and if you did win a pedal I can't remember the people that have won pedals I want I want pictures send us pictures damn it uh, what else we got going on I think that's it Joe DeLuca uh, a composer guitar extraordinaire and um, this will be a really cool one and uh, I think that's it I can't think of anything else is there anything else um, no that's it alright up your bum be safe Look after each other. Let's all support and guitar wankers, uh, you know, spread the word, reach out, and um, we will see you all next week. I think next week we'll probably do a look at the the last look at the one. If you can handle that, I've been getting some great emails. I've got to say, <laughs> ah, uh, big good day to all our European fans. Oh, and another some big news before we go. Uh, remember Scott Henderson? Remember that guy <laughs> that we started the podcast with? He's he's coming back. So uh, Scotty. We're looking forward to having you back on the show, mate, and find out what you've been doing. We know what you've been doing, but we find out the details. The amazing Scott Henderson. His album cover looks really cool, I've got to say. Uh, all right. So be safe. We'll see you guys all next week. Lots of love. Right. Out. My zipper. Yeah. On my jacket, that is. <laughs> I was like, it's like oh, I've got to tell him to go higher. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, might even stay on. Talk to the penis. All right. All right. Um, Bruce, introduce. Introduce. I get another introduction here. And two in a row. Woo! I'd, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce <laughs> a friend of mine, stellar guitar player, an amazing composer, 
Joe LaDuca. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Troy. Detroit. We got some serious Detroit. Yeah, Detroit in the house. Absolutely. Yes. You know, so tell me, what's the basic difference between Detroit and Los Angeles? The basic difference? Uh, (laughs) We really feel the beat. Okay, okay. In LA or Detroit? No, in Detroit. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and I say we, I mean Detroit. That's, okay. Those are my roots. Okay. Yeah. That's the basic yes. difference? Yes, yes. Like and, LA and, people, and LA, they they, they're, they're closer they're to the busy. ocean. They're closer to the ocean. It can, so they, one, one can move. One moves. I see. Yeah. I see. One moves because it's right. closer to the ocean. I right, 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 not, right. Not one moves in a philosophical sense, no. but actually the downbeat of one. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, off, off the auto assembly line, one don't move. Uh, <laughs> or, or some serious bad shit happens. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Then, hold on, when did you come to Los Angeles? Well, no. I, I've been sort of, I've, I've had a card-carrying Los Angeles membership for you know, as long as I've been writing for films and television. Right. It's just I stayed in Detroit. That's where we decided to raise a family. It's as simply as that. Right. So I'd come in and I, I'd meet with people and I'd do various jobs or I'd do a recording session and they'd go, who was that masked man? <laughs> you know. Yeah, we got nobody in California that can do that shit? No, not like Laduca, man. We need Laduca. <laughs> Give me some Laduca, the magic, you know. <laughs> Well, more so that I found collaborators that were willing to trust me at arm's length. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. That's even better. Yeah. No like, meetings. It's just about the, it was just about the work and the music. Uh, and yeah. Been really lucky that way. Yeah. Well, you so, do good work. You create your own life. It gets there on time. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And as, as, as a good friend of mine who does this said, he says, you know, I can't, I can't defend the result, but I can certainly defend the effort. <laughs> well, that's been the story of my playing for 40 some years <laughs> and I get I arrive on time too so you see mm-hmm. so you you live you're not you don't live here you live in Detroit well we know we're we're back and forth back and now forth a lot. The, but, the, but that's a relatively recent development yeah you know it was just uh, winters were getting old and I wanted to explore you know music out here with the community out here that I've always sort of developed. I, yeah. Look, I've got to meet Bruce and, and become friends with Bruce. We've got to do yeah. some, a little bit of recording together. And it's kind of, that's the next part of the journey. Cool. Whereas in Detroit, I'm sort of the lone wolf, you know. There's not, it, it isn't like here where you throw a rock and hit a film composer. Right. Or a guitarist. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. There's a lot of us out here. Well, it's a community, and, and, and it's nice to be a, it's nice to be part of the community for me now. Yeah. For the first time, really. You know. You gonna do some guitar playing? You gonna get back into that game? I'm all well. I'm. I all, know you're always playing. I'm always I mean, playing, but I, yeah, I'm not playing. For, I, I play on my. I play on you know, my commissions and tracks and yeah. all that, and I'm always playing. Yeah. But um, don't know, don't know. It hasn't it hasn't filtered in that way i mean we did a we did a live show of the very first film i did i re-recorded a score uh to evil dead which was my first oh wow film score when i was in school and somehow that it's like night of the living dead generations of fans and so i thought well what if i rewrote the score knowing what i know now 
you know, how would I do it differently? Yeah. For, for the same ensemble, small ensemble, and I happened to play some guitar on that. So when we did, we did a performance at the Ace Hotel, a live uh. picture performance. So I played on that, uh. you know. Or if there's if there's something where we're tying in with film, I might play on that kind of a mm-hmm. thing. But as for the rest of it, I'm not necessarily a, a gun for hire. Right. You've nobody, always... nobody goes to the leader, right? You know, because you've always got someone else. So, so, so much is going on. You, you're kind of doing. Wearing yeah, yeah. I would. You're right. Hat. If I had to book, if I had to book something in advance, sometimes I'd, I'd probably let people down. I, that's how I got out of playing. Right. Because, as you know, the the writing gigs are sort of all consuming when they're on, mm. and your your schedule is not your own, other than the looming deadline and how you deal with it. Right. So you can't you can't plan in the future that well. I want to go back. What was, like, obviously you were a guitar player. What was your break into composing? What was the big break where it was like, oh, man, okay, I've got a foot in the door now. What was... Well, you know, when you're learning, right, um, and we all came up in bands and probably of an era of rock bands, right? Well, there's always the kid who's figuring out what the, what the song is and teaching it to the other members of the band. You were that guy. And I was that guy. Right. Um, and, I mean, you know, 12, 13, I was that guy. And so that leads into a curiosity of how, how music is put together, how it's assembled, how, how these frequencies collaborate with one another. And so that when I was... When I got a jazz band, when I got into jazz, we were playing my music, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Um, and then when I got asked to write a film score, I'd never done a film score before. I said, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> it was, you know. Was it fake it until you make it kind of? Totally added, fake yeah, it until yeah. you make it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm not the only person who have ever, you know, ever made that decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I... I knew I had the musical skills, but you know I didn't know necessarily the dramatic part of it and the technical part of it, you know. And that there's a lot of great musicians. I mean, Bruce is a tremendous storyteller. Yeah, he probably would be a great film composer, you know. But it doesn't necessarily mean just because you're a great musician, you're going to be a great film composer. Um, there's probably aspects of it that you do real well. And I found that too when I brought in jazz musicians to like sometimes come in and improvise, you know, over a particular scene. You find that there are those that can look at it and understand what the scene's about and play something meaningful to it. And there's others just that come in and play what they play. Right. So that was the thing that I, because I really didn't set out necessarily at first to be a professional musician. Right. So I was I so, studied romances, language, and literature, and oh wow, was so I I guess you know the storytelling thing was always part of it. I just didn't know I was headed toward this way of doing it. Right. And I like being the guy, I like being the guy on the team who does the music. It's like I'm the music specialist. Mm-hmm. Everybody's has their own specific role, and often uh, the director, although the director may or the producer may be versed in so many aspects of filmmaking. Right, not necessarily doesn't know a lot about music. M- music can be sort of a dark art. Yeah, I think for a lot of them that's the case. And yeah. so, and so you get, you know, if you're if you're fortunate enough to earn their trust, then that's a 
that's a cool position to be in, I found. Right. You know? when, when was the moment where you, you got to see your work in the theater or wherever it was and you were like, oh my God, man. That's- oh, it was the very first film. It was the very first film because we went in the, the triumvirate, triumvirate of friends that had the, the gumption to go around and, and ask their father's friends to contribute, you know, five, ten grand here or there so they could right. put on this show. Um, they rented a theater. Wow. They rented a theater. They had an ambulance out front. They had a gurney. They had the light going onto the sky. They had an old theater organ that brought it up. And I went, how, how much fun is this? And then to hear your music actually played on a big screen and see people enjoying yeah. the experience, even if it's a cheesy horror movie, was kind of cool. And I thought, well, I'd, I'd like to do more of this. Was that you, you were hooked up? Yeah, that? well, I was, yeah. And, and there were, you know, there were definitely, I still tried to get a jazz band, fusion band mm-hmm. going for years and, you know, went bankrupt doing that. <laughs> but... Lucky, luckily enough, there was always these other opportunities. Yeah. You know. And what about first commercial success where it was like a kind of a big deal? What was that one? Well, I, I think where, where the rubber started to hit the road at it in, instead of sputtering, because I, you know, I still remained in Detroit, which is hard to yeah. get any of that going. Yeah, definitely. Really, was when these guys uh, went on to make long-running series. So it was in the nine, the mid '90s into the 2000s with Hercules, the legendary Adventures of Hercules, Xena Warrior Princess, and right. you know a, a number of all those guys started producing there. those things. Yeah, and 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 that these were series that were running for five or six years. So wow. it was it was just a, a treadmill. You know, it was really about get up every morning and a blank sheet of paper and. No time to second. It's like jazz. There's no time to second yeah, but guess. I mean, if There's no time to second guess yourself. You if, really got to turn it out. There, there is a certain sort of, I would assume, sonic signatures to certain characters, certain recurring thematic. Well, you you bring up a right. You bring a real interesting point up because there are certain series that I've done that have been in, very formulaic, like this is how we set up the situation. A, a show like Leverage that I did for five years. Leverage was a, basically a heist, you know, Robin Hood heist group, yep. right? Like an Ocean's Eleven, but they're always helping out the, the underdog, right? Well, that was sort of like a, I don't know, a jazz funk remix thing, <laughs> right? And But it had a, a very, very set structure. And from that, you did, the, the producer wanted certain signature pieces of music for Here's the setup. Here's who we're going after. Here's how we trick them. And here's the piece when we defeat them. Right. You know. And then there are other series where the music is, is as interesting as the writing. So that if, if the writers are continually taking you in new places, it means you have to reinvent the wheel. Right, the right. And that's, you know, that's, that's more challenging and more fun. And, you know, and you bring in... Other types of musics, really. From from day waking up, blank sheet of paper. How long do you usually get before you have to hand the piece off? Like, what's what's time? Well, I think I think most of what I've done have been one-hour dramatic series. Right. Which means back in the days that we used to call commercial television. Yep. Before streaming, 
that meant 42 minutes. Right. And often I was doing shows that probably had 36 minutes of music. Wow. You know? And you'd get maybe 10 days, sometimes a week, 10 days, sometimes longer if you knew something bigger was more, a more ambitious thing right. was coming down. Because we did, we did shows on Xena that were full out. We did an operetta. Mm-hmm. We did a rock musical. Oh, wow. We did all yeah. kinds of... And those things, you know, t- took more to... And most of the stuff you were doing with live musicians or in the box? It was a lot both? of... It was a... In those days, there was a lot more live. Yeah. yeah. And um, it wasn't so much blending. It was, it was an either or. Okay. And, you know, I used the best technology had to offer at that point which nowadays seems primitive. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, in terms of memory limitations and what the libraries had. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of played it accordingly. And uh, in my particular case, it was, you tried to use, you had an allotment for how much money you could spend on live. And so you tried to use it wisely. Yeah. You yeah. know, you kept the big moments, you know. That's cool. Is there um, a... A particular show or situation where you just like, this is the dream gig. I've busted my butt in those other ones, but this is the gig where it, it just is well, just I, so good. Yeah, I think. Uh, oddly enough, I think the the most interesting one for me, uh, because it brought together all kinds of aspects uh, of things that I had learned from doing this over the years was when we did uh, Spartacus for like mm. three and a half years yep. for SARS. Because you would go uh, full out orchestra, opera, operatic, yep. to um, serious, serious, authentic ethnic. Um, you know, I'm still working in Detroit. Detroit has a huge Arabic population. So the talent pool of Arabic musicians and singers is really... Oh, that's cool. It's really broad. Um, there was one guy, I called him, you know, the, uh, he was the Iraqi Robert Plant. I mean, he was, <laughs> was great. And at an earlier point of time, and an earlier version of Joe, I would say, oh man, you know, can, can you do that? Can you sing that in tune? And it's like, he is singing it in tune. Right. Because he's, he's doing the microtones, you know? Right. So when, and then I'd have that, when they do these ridiculous 360s, you know, fights in the arena, um, there'd be a certain point where you'd s- take that and throw it into heavy metal and have this guy like wail over the top. Oh, and, wow. yeah. and it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect for the visual that you were seeing. And it was sort of, it was over the top, but in a way that if you led the audience from there, they're, they're with you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. So to have that and then a number of instruments that I acquired and kind of learned how to play myself over the years. Because uh, with Xena, you had you were bringing in Arabic musicians, you were bringing in Chinese musicians, Japanese musicians. And every time, it's sort of you'd hear something and you'd just be blown away by it and go, how do you do that? And then I'd go off and buy one, you know. And so I got, I got where I played a lot of cues, like on Spartacus, on, on Oud, and learned to duk. And, and Santur and, and all of that. And in a film way, I could deliver something. You know, I could, I could fool anybody for 60 seconds. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so that was, in, in a way, it was kind of the whole, it was everything that I kind of 
learned how to do in one particular series. Now, was this, were you at, you, this is not a home studio, I assume, back then? This is a full-on studio, or is it a home studio? Well, when I do, when I do what I do, it's a home studio. Right. Um, I, I also have another uh, another studio in Michigan where I record musicians. Right. Yeah. Here it's here it's different. It's, it's sort of a satellite situation. Okay. Um, and then, but there are so many studios. Yeah. That you can work at. But and, with I imagine technology now, and the libraries and the everything available to composers now, a lot of it you can just go in the box, or you still really always prefer to go to the live musician whenever oh, you can. Oh, it's it's totally depend on time and budget. Yeah. You know, and what and what they and what the producers expect out of the score. Do, do you think the producers do they do they have a good inkling? Uh he's in the box or he's using live musicians or Well, I'll give you a for instance okay. on, a, on a recent series uh, a producer I work with um loves music. You know, I I'm fortunate in that they love music, right? The guys I work with. And they have an appreciation. And even if they know the difference, they want it to be live if they can possibly swing it. Mm-hmm. it, it whenever whenever possible. possible yeah. Whenever possible. Yeah. And I think I had, uh, I did a, uh, a thriller last year, uh, Bad Samaritan. And it was a contemporary thriller uh, about these... Uh, uh, valets who rip you off while you're in the restaurant <laughs> except they they rip off the wrong guy who has a woman captive right and so the whole how do how do we rescue her against this uber criminal right and my thought was oh we'll go contemporary i'm going to do it electronic I was like, this this fits i could do it that way it, it's going to be great and i turned in some music and said they don't want to do that and i said why i think it's working and and, and the producer said because it doesn't sound expensive. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea was, you know, he wanted the sort of more the uh, glossier production sound, even though the music ended up to be quite contemporary, it was still largely acoustic, blended with the electronics. Was, who was the blonde actress in that? Was She's my... Irish, and oh, uh, she's in... Better call Saul, but I don't know her name. Okay, the lead male when that was. So the, well, the lead the lead male was the villain, who was one of the Doctor Who's. I'm sorry, I'm not. That's all right. Uh, I'd have to look. We'd right. have to that's, look at it. That's all right. That's all right. I'm, I'm, I was actually thinking. I'm thinking of another movie, but I know the movie you're talking but, about. But but you know it it, it it it's totally dependent on what's going on. And nowadays, you know, it's as you're aware of. There's more scripted content than ever, but there's there's definitely the mid range, just like in movies, is getting squeezed out. You know, it's either Game of Thrones or it's Ricky Gervais in some one horse town in the north of England somewhere. Mm. You know, yeah. so is that? Do you feel there's there's more gigs for composers nowadays or less? Well, I think there's. There has to be more because the numbers say that there are more. Mm. Uh, and I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Um, what they are and where the composers are coming from, I mean, there's. it seems that um, there is an opportunity for more diverse voices yeah. now. 
And I think there are a lot of young composers that are getting their break in that. Perhaps they come from the uh, the record business, the dying rec, the mm, yeah, dying yeah. record business, and that perhaps they have something unique, or they have a collaboration with the filmmaker that lets them explore other things, and and they and it's, it 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 results in things that are very interesting. Um, I can give you an example. Um, I saw a movie the other night called Hereditary. Uh, Tony Collette, mm -hmm. Gabriel Byrne, and um, I believe the composer was in Arcade Fire, a couple uh, of bands like that. Right. But he's a saxophone player. So it was all it's completely out there, weird sound design, none of the string tropes that you hear in horror movies. And, and um, so it was like, it's a fresh way to do it. The story itself, it's like, it, it wasn't an original story it was original in the way it was told and the music helped that right. so you see those types of things occurring and then you see a lot of consolidation of uh, a composer maybe taking on nine or ten series and kind of forming a you know bringing on assistants to kind of right. manage cool. that and taking on a supervisory role yeah. Because of the way I've come up, I've always just been, I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. It's right. A lot of the stuff I do is still, there's a handmade aspect to what I do. What's, how do you go about getting your work? Is it just because you did this? It's you fall into the well, next I've thing? Done, or is it... I've been doing it for a long time. Right. So there's, there's, a, there's a track record in the history and there's relationships that form and... You know, hopefully you have a a good agent and representative that can kind of is that a, help is that a must that. composer wise at your level? Like pretty much composers have an agent or someone that's out there chasing. Well, the work I, I, and actually, the uh, I'm not speaking for myself, but the higher level that you're at, the more you would need something like that. You would need and want an agent because you just want to be dealing with the creative aspect and have somebody else advocate for you on the other right. aspects of the business. Yep. And it's just, it's the way business has been done. But again, if you're a young composer, USC composer, and you're collaborating on student films with a, a young filmmaker, and that filmmaker goes on to make the next Black Panther, right. well... You're, you're in. Yeah. yeah. And, and the history, you know, the history of, of, of composers in Hollywood, I... I I don't know if I have to look back 10 years, 15 years from now, but it's always been, you know, it's Blake Edwards and Henry Mancini. It's Hitchcock and Herman. Yeah. It's Spielberg and John Williams. And, and I think uh, it's, uh, it's Fincher and Trent Reznor. I mean, and, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's if, if there are, if you're, mm, if your advocate filmmaker, is, continues to be successful and, a, and an important voice, then, you know, you a career is made from can be made from a, a single relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's it's true. It happens a lot, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. I, I you know I hadn't I hadn't really projected it into the current you know scenario, but do you. 
do you go to a lot of events and stuff and meet new producers and and try and get in like that? Don't do that. I'm that. Well, I'm, I mean, you've been doing it a long time, so yeah. I'm. I'm, just, I, I, I'm not. I, I guess I'm not. You're busy I, I, enough. Yeah, yeah. Troy, yeah, Troy. Where do the directors and the producers all hang up and can hire me? <laughs> yeah, we're kicking. Where, where yeah, are where they? Yeah, where are they? We give them my number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Tell them. I, I, had, had, I did. I had an agency once. approach me, and they said they said it was a, a like a publicist, I guess, and they were like, well, what we will do, we'll put you in the right places to meet these, you know, these directors and. Did producers. you say publicist? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a that's a new and interesting development. I mean, yeah, that it didn't used to require that. Yeah, um, it seems to be. I, I I that's that's the one thing you know the who's your publicist question um, occurs now for composers really? for composers. Wow, I, wow. I, it it could even occur to for makeup artists. I mean, I it's just an area of the business that is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't crossed over into t- TV or film. I've stayed kind of in the trailer world, and that's why I was talking to those publicists because I was saying, well, you know, we could get you into this world and that. And like, well, it was it was just interesting to me, you know, what they were offering, and I was like, does it really work like that? I don't know. Maybe I've been. I guess if you throw enough money at it, they're going to put you in situations where you might be in talking well, to the right they, people. You know, the whole world, it's like sizzle. The pub, they create a buzz about you, and then somebody says, I got to get me a get me a Troy McCubbin, you know, get me a young Troy McCubbin. <laughs> and then they go, oh, too late. Yeah, who's Troy <laughs> McCubbin? Well, yeah, I, I don't have it figured out by any no. stretch I mean, I of the that's, imagination. That's a lot of things now. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's almost like the tail wagging the dog right you get the buzz going then you get the gig it used to be you you got the gig you did well then you got buzz going well i think <laughs> i still think to a certain situation it is kind of like that um i think that for example filmmakers will go after a tom york because they love his music right. and they'll go he can do a film score we're good wouldn't it be cool if he did a film score and they'd be right but the i think the I still think the adage holds true. It's sort of like if you're a young jazz musician, right? And Bruce, name a musician you respect a peer. If Smitty says, if, yeah. if Smitty says, you got to hear this kid, right? right? He's, he's good. Yeah. He, you don't even have to hear him. Right, right. Yeah. You know, you, you trust that. And I think it's, it's pretty much in the film world. If somebody has had a good experience and talks to a peer that they respect, it, it wouldn't take more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. I guess it's the same as every industry, really, when you think about it. You well, just, that's, that's why you got to be it's a, honest. It's not a, it's it ends up, I think it ends up being... It, it, this ends up... Those things tend to happen on a personal level Hmm. it's invariably you know yes some set of circumstances that somebody who represents you may have put you in a room with someone but the fact that you hit it off with them was totally because of what what you brought to the party yeah Yeah. so it's all going to be about a personal connection i think have you done a lot over 
your career, have you done a lot of situations where you maybe haven't been the composer on a film or a TV show, but they've asked you to write a song for a particular scene or, or to be in the movie? or? Well, I think, I think it's the other way around. I've been on series that have required a song, right. and I, I don't consider myself a songwriter, but whenever I get asked to do a song, it usually comes out great. And I don't know what that is. Is that because? But it's just because it's fun. I feel I write better too when when they give you everything. This is what the song has to be about. This is the deadline. I need it to to do this, and then you go away, and it seems to always seems to work out better. Yeah. Well, if you know, and and again, it's a uh, there's a, there's a there's a film term for that. But the idea is that yes, this is a specific. It's a specific situation. And very, you know, if you were doing, I don't know, uh, some Disney series, they would probably go to somebody that was vetted in right. that field. Yeah. Uh, usually it's just they don't want to pay another person in this case. Or, or they just trust you to do it, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of the peer recognition that I've got has been from those one-offs. Yeah. You know. Um, do you sing as well? No, no, not really. No, I'll end up on background on a track, but no, right. that's a, well, you know, was it, if I could sing, why would we do be doing all this, right? right, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> really? Yeah, right. That's true. Really? That's true. Good. Let's talk about jazz. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, I got a couple more questions. I mean, like, you know, you're sitting there, you you get a project, right? Of course, they give you. I mean, because I've done some film work too, you know. Yeah. And, and you get a project. You're given parameters, you know, like what it's about, what they're looking for, what the budget is, blah 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 blah. Um, when you sit down, that moment when when you start to sketch it out, like is like, do you find yourself kind of going for? like a textural place or is it like a thematic place like the first kind of entry door for you do you have a specific one or is is that too you know what i'm saying like there you are you've got these these parameters to work for just like you say you've got a song to write and like boom okay i've got to do this you know i mean some people think, okay, texturally it needs to sound like this, and then the theme develops out of that. Or, you know, sometimes, like, here's my theme, now I, you know what I mean? I build yeah. a texture around that. Is there, a, is there a general way, or is it just kind of all over the map how it happens? I, 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 think, it, I think it depends. In my case, it depends on the assignment itself. Right. So uh, when we were talking about, say, some of these... My, uh, collaborations between musicians who are not film composers and a director who just really likes the musician and really wants to explore the music even before they've shot a frame. Mm -hmm. Now that's oh, cool. Wow. That happens in the game world a lot too, yeah. actually. Really? Yeah, where it's sort of like, here's a concept. Let's, what if, I haven't shot a thing, but I'm kind of, I want it to be about this and it's, it's very abstract. And then you bring in all kinds of music, and some of it's going to get thrown out. But then something happens, something, and you build upon that. And all of a sudden, it's getting played on set. It's going into the editorial. It becomes a, a really a symbiotic element, you know. Um, 
that almost never happens with me because what happens is is that I've been hired and it's either before they shot or the director in because it's more of a mm, lack of a better word uh, a more conventional production approach approach um, that you've got to wait to see what they come up with there's a finite amount of time the director has either trusted you from the beginning so he doesn't really care what you're thinking at this point he's got to deal with pre-production he's got to deal with answering a thousand questions a day and he'll see you when he's ready to see you um, and so by the time you get it it is a it is a quite a formed entity and anything that you might have thought when you were reading a script could be dangerous if you let it happen right. musically ahead of time right. because We'll read a book. We'll read a script. It's our movie. Mm. It's not their movie. It's not his movie. Her movie. Right. Right? Um, with the studio notes. They go with it, right? So you really need to react to what it is that you're looking at, the story that actually got shot. And what happens with me, because at that point, out of time, out of money, here comes the composer. Right. Um, you got five weeks, right? right. Uh, so let's say it's a film. Maybe six. Maybe four. Maybe three. <laughs> yeah. And so it's sort of, okay, what is this thing? And the way I'll break it apart immediately is that, okay, these are the principal themes. Here are the things that I have to address. And once I hit these, once I get everybody on board with this, these guideposts, I can back it out. I can back it out. I can start. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can back this out. I can, okay. Oh, that's a theme I can yeah, tuck so a fragment into. So when we be, when we're in the first act, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a backwards crossword puzzle mm -hmm. at that point, kind of. And the, um, so if, once you get that, that's it. And, and the, the joy of composing, one of the joys of composing is is the aha moment where you go, this is going to work. You know, it isn't like you're jumping and down and you're thinking how great you are, but you go, this is going to work. <laughs> and, and the director says, yeah, this is going to work. Is it because half the time when composers start, you you got a blank page and you're like, how the hell am I going to get through this? Or how am oh, I yeah, yeah. The, the, it always begins with terror. Right. It begins with terror and procrastination. <laughs> That right are okay. your are your two best friends? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, because in, in you know showing to the showing to the director for this first time, you know, it's like, oh, it, he's gonna hate it. It's gonna suck. I'm gonna be. They're gonna discover. I'm just yeah, a, right. Right. I'm an imposter. I'm found out. Oh my God, it's so yeah, good to hear someone else say that's, that. Well, that's <laughs> that's my motto. Right. Waiting, the, waiting to be discovered. Hoping not to be found, found out. out. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> have, you, have you had That's moments? Have you had moments where you've worked on stuff and you've gone, "Yeah, this is awesome," and then the director's just done a one eighty on you, like, "No, this isn't going to work. You got to redo it." Have you had that? Yeah, all the time, all oh. the time. We think, "Oh, man, this is really great." You know, it's, it's like maybe you were too hip for the room. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Maybe you were too hip for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's it's their version. You've got to. Do your best to get inside of the, of their headspace, because when I say their headspace, I'm usually involved with 
fortunately, I haven't been thrown into too many situations where you've got all kinds of cooks going on and that in fighting. You know? right. um, it's usually only one or two people that I've got to you know, be in sync with. Yeah. And I do my best to get in that. And then to use, I mean, you've been hired because, quote unquote, you're the expert. Not only are you the expert, but, you know, you have this unique set of musical experiences that you're bringing to the party. Yeah. And the way, however that translate, whether it's in texture and the sonics or the way you hear melodies or the way you do, you know, the way you construct your harmonies, the way you orchestrate, you know. Hopefully that's gonna that's gonna mean something. Yeah. And when you're lucky, more of you gets in there. You know, when you when you can. Right, and you can. I mean, and and it's is. And, and so you can't help yourself. Really, it's gonna get there one way or another. It's gonna get there. How much of it is another? You know, how much you're challenged to stretch and go beyond what you know you can deliver. Mm. That'll work because you yeah. can do that. You know, you can have some days you go that'll work. Next. Right. Yeah. And everybody will be fine. You know? and I've, I've had moments where I've delivered something, like the sketch or whatever it is, and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Everyone's freaking out over it. This is incredible. I haven't changed a thing. And then I have the same conversation with that person the next day. You've got to change this. This is not working. Like a completely 180 degrees, where it's like, am I well, that's a, that's a, Well, that, those are terrifying experiences that you need to extricate yourself from as soon as possible. I did actually because because that's that's their own insecurity. They're not knowing about what what it is that they want to do. Yeah, and probably there was somebody else that in the course of 24 hours that introduced that seed of doubt. Yeah. You know, yeah. probably. And so, the you look, the hardest thing in life is to try to work with somebody who doesn't know what they want. Yeah, yeah. Or to have a relationship with somebody who doesn't know what they want. Is that the hardest thing in life? I, well, it's up there. <laughs> okay, okay. Ain't it up there? I was, I've been looking for the hardest thing in life because, uh, <laughs> you know... I just don't have enough conflict in my life, so I was looking for more. Okay, know. all right. <laughs> no, but, uh, well, yeah. it, 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 well I, I'm just saying, if you're trying to yeah. produce an, a collaborative end result, I right. suppose. But we've got to remember, I mean, I, when I watch a movie, I really don't even say I watch them. I listen to a movie. I'm, I'm poor so, you. I, you know, really. <laughs> well, no, I go and I, I'm just like, I hear everything. I can't help it. You know, I mean, yeah. so much. But I do also know that... If the music calls attention to itself, it's, it's not probably not going to be a good soundtrack. You right. know what I mean? For, for, the, for the purpose of normal people. I'm a musician. Of course I can't help but hear the music. You know what I mean? I hear every time. I'm you know, like I'm studying the compo the, this composer while I'm watching the movie. I can't help it. Right. But, but really you don't want to be... I mean, when I've done my work, it's always been to like try and not call attention to what I do. That's always been my, to create a, a, a picture mm. that's a supportive picture that has no things in it that would take away, that would call attention to itself. Well, the which is, which is kind of the opposite of the, almost the way I have to play live. Exactly. But I mean, I, it's, but I, I do it, but that's, that's my mindset when I go into doing that, you know, because my situation's are all very strange when I 
in when I've done film music. You know, it hasn't been like write a score and play it. It's been improvise on a theme to fit into a movie. Well, you've you've hit on the essence of what what film music is supposed to do, which is first of all is to create a direct emotional response. Right. Uh, not necessarily it can be it can be against what you're seeing. It can go with it. It can support it. It, mm-hmm. it can have any kind of layer of of it can be of, foreshadowing. Of can be do all yeah. Sorts it could of be all those types of things, but to do it in in the most economical way that doesn't draw attention to itself. Right. Um, it, it it it's really important, it, which is the opposite of what jazz expression is most of the time. Or in general, just music performance expression. Right. Right, 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 and and that's the thing. It's that it's not. Uh, film music is not about you, you know. Yeah, right. It, it's and yet it is. You know, what's the most direct, emotional, honest response to what you want people to see? And when you think about the fact that more film music is getting performed in concert halls nowadays, you know, it's it's. It's part of it is because classical music hasn't engaged a, a couple generations of, of of general audiences, and part of it is because some of these a, a lot of my colleagues are now are, are getting performed in concert calls. Some of it's and I myself with our film music, but also just because they're writing their own music, but they're writing music with the idea that. I'm not trying to be Pierre Boulez now, mm. you know. I'm, I'm, I'm writing this music as an honest extension of what you know me from films, so that you you recognize me from that, and therefore, it's it's more accessible. Like you you kind of you you kind of have them at hello in a way, uh, and it's it's introducing a type of music into the concert hall, that is going to be uh, something that young audiences are probably going to enjoy more. Uh, going in, given wherever they're coming from, you know. So we're talking about new pieces, new pieces. by composers, not not actually beefed up no. movie score themes. No, that's that's there too. Yeah. And the live performance thing is there too. But this is also that you know. Wow. You cool. Know, there's dozens of, of my colleagues that are doing that and and are getting performed and getting commissioned. That's great. But again, it. Uh, the one of the reasons it's getting over it's because there is this direct um, access to the motion emotions that you you gain experience with you know yeah now you, you won uh, you Emmys yeah how many yeah. couple couple yeah. bunch yeah. of nominations was that was that a I big forgot. was that <laughs> was that a big moment yeah it was great it was because like the Emmys are the Emmys are, uh, it's your peers. Yeah. You know, right. it's, you, what's, what's the, remember the old Rodney Dangerfield, don't applause, just give me one of these, I'm making the okay sign <laughs> yeah, right, right, to right. our listeners. Yeah. Just give me one of these. Right. It's getting a big one of these. What was the, yeah. what was the Emmys for? One was for, uh, one was for Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big operatic score. It was yep. Heaven and Hell, oh, you know. Wow. Yeah. It's, doesn't get better than that for a yeah, composer, really. right? <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, the Legend of the Seeker, which is an, what another fantasy series for Disney. Yeah, that was after that. And cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Man. That's awesome. 
it just seemed it um it seems also that whole world of composing and for film there can be a lot of young composers that will do a whole film for next to nothing there's as as i did back then you always you always do you have to get if you want to get your foot in the door and present your best foot forward so that you can be asked to do it again do it again you're going to end up spending your own money initially yeah i don't know that anybody that you know got anywhere didn't do that yeah didn't do that yeah you know yeah the fact that you got invited to the party in the first place is is a big thing yeah you learn by doing too. You can't do yeah. well. Well, it, it, yeah. <laughs> the um, my my son was inter- interning out here for ASCAP, and they have a wonderful program where they have young composers come in, and it's like young composer film composer boot camp. So they'll bring in. They do this. This is a wonderful thing they do, and it's an international group of young composers. Uh, and uh, men and women, and they'll bring in uh, orchestrators. Uh, this is how you prepare the score for the orchestra if you want to get it done in the time you've been allotted. Here's the mistakes you don't make. Uh, they'll bring in an agent and uh, career advice. They'll bring in various instrumentalists to say, here's how you write for the cello. Here's how you do, you know. Uh, and the, the end event is you score a scene for a large orchestra. And I sat in on, um, my friend Bruce Broughton was doing one on orchestration. And at the end of it, and they said, oh, we have Joe LaDuca here. Do you have anything you want to say to the students? I said, I hope you're taking notes. He said, because every one of these things that you're being, you know, you're being made aware of, I was made aware for them and I paid for them out of my own pocket. <laughs> so. yeah. They're getting yeah. it now. So. So you get to play, you play a lot of guitar just for yourself or? Tons, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, also, also it's just, it's always there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes my template takes 10 minutes to boot up. Right. You know, that's 10 minutes that's, that's going to be on the on guitar. The guitar. And it could turn into 20 and 30 if, I, if I'm onto something. What does is, what is Joe do on guitar at the moment? Um, it all depends. I mean, if, if I pick it up, I'll just... I'll I'll play through tunes, I'll play through tunes, I'll play through, I'll play lines, you know, I'll play stuff I know, yeah. I'll p- learn stuff, I'm, tr- I'm always trying to learn, I mean, I've just, uh, I've discovered, on the jazz front, I've discovered uh, some of the stuff that, uh, do you know Ari Honig, oh, sure. Ari Honig, yeah. and this, the trio he has with the two Frenchmen, uh, I think it's Jean-Michel Pilch and Francois Mouton, one of the Mouton brothers mm-hmm. yeah. from Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Moutin, yeah. Moutin, I think it's Moutin. And, um, and it, it's great because it's just, they take, they'll take a standard, but they're just playing forms. Mm-hmm. And the way they extrapolate and play entire forms, um, it, it blows apart. It just blows apart the idea of, of rhythm and, and harmony and, and, and it's, but yet it's so musical. And their, their, their time is unbelievable, the integrity of their time, of what they're doing in terms of um, subdividing it. Yeah. 
and all that. And, uh, you know, it's not, they're not BSing. No, no. And I, I find that, I find it fascinating because I think that it's, it's a great way to approach the art form in such a way that I hadn't, I mean, I suppose it's, you know, Marshall Solal and it's, you know, it goes, yeah, but it goes back to that, but it's, but it's, it's, it's really cool. And, and it's wings. Mm. It's yeah. wings too. So it's, uh, that's something that I think about when I'm playing, you know, I try to keep my classical chops up. Um, Got my nails. I noticed. <laughs> Pepe Romero's building me a guitar. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's always there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's always I never really totally let it go. Damn. I'm so lazy. <laughs> no, why? Not. Why you don't? Why you play guitar? You're not waiting for anything to boot up. Right. You know, right, yeah, you well you're you're actually playing for my brain to boot up. You're playing. Yeah. You're, pl- you're 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 doing it all in real time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Play it and move on. <laughs> yeah. What what's the main axe that you you have? Oh, there is no such thing. There isn't. You jump There's, around a lot. Well, bet- between, you know, I've acquired a lot. Actually, it was really uh later in life that I thought, "Oh, yeah, I I should probably figure out what makes one guitar different from another uh, and that sent me off on a, on a quest and that even for my film scoring stuff um, even though most of the stuff I'm too lazy to amp mm-hmm. you know I'm using the plugins but yet the guitar and the pedal that goes in front of it can be chosen right. you know and so that'll happen a lot what are you using what's your uh, DAW that you use Logic. Your logic. Yep. Logic. So, and are you a, a universal audio or? Backing? Yeah, universal yep. audio. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I'm not. But I'm not. You know, I'm either going in through a, um, through a Neve or an Avalon right. or something just yeah. for some, yeah. yeah, some some sort of, the, right. That meatiness. Yeah. 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 The plugins are the just beef. the amp plugins, especially. I always found it hard to. I always struggled with like when I needed really heavy guitar stuff. Yeah, it was like, well, I've got the amps, but I'd spend all this time micing it and be like, yeah, it's not really sitting in the mix or it didn't sound right. But now the plugins they have now for that kind of stuff is insane. Just plug it and go, and it's there. Well, I think I think the other thing, you know, once again, I'm not necessarily doing guitar centric music. Mm. Yeah. So if it, you know, it could, it could end up on a track like on Spartacus, it could end up right. with, you know, like huge ethnic drumming and trombones and, you know, it's something yeah. else going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's filling a very specific frequency Changes. spectrum. Yeah. 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 It's got to feel good to be jumping around and doing different things. We're I mean, not pigeonholed to one thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I get, I get asked to do a lot of horror. The very first you know that'll be the first line in my obit i'm sure really well i did the last two chucky movies you know that came about through just you know having done a lot of horror oh that's awesome you know is it there's a new one coming out right well there's that's the reboot that's a reboot so that's a different director and right. it's time different for thing. something new yeah and i don't even know i don't know if they've hired a composer i'm not sure but it isn't going to be me cuz i'm the old regime right right you know 
if you want to call it that. I guess there's like, I don't know, eight movies, nine movies, seven movies. I did the last two. That's all I know. That's awesome. The director is a sweetheart. Horror people are sweethearts. Do you know that? They're really the nicest. You know, worked with Don Mancini. Uh, and, and and Sam Raimi and 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 uh, Joe Dante, you know from Gremlins. Yeah, he's like, oh wow, these are all like great people. Don't, I love that genre so much. I I just think it's the best. Well, it's it's a rest for a film composer because there's mm. no rules. Yeah, you just you want to create dread and hopefully scare the shit out of do somebody. You, do you feel like you you need to at least scare yourself with the with the scene and the music sometimes when it all fits together and you're alone in your can... room late at night and you're like oh even that's even getting me going yeah i don't know if do i scare myself i i don't think so no i don't think so but i think that i i know when i'm going dark it's more the frame of mind sometimes with the with the films if even chucky which is you know sort of tongue in cheek half the yeah. time i think the idea is that you let him you give him all the one-liners. Right. You stay out of the way. Yeah. You don't comment on that. And I think the idea is, um, sometimes for me, it's work. I, I, sometimes I think uh, film composing is like acting. You sort of have to get yourself in the, in the mood. And so if I'm doing a horror film, it means I'm going to be in a dark place for several weeks. <laughs> you know? Right. So that work, I suppose... That, that that informs what I'm how you know how deep down the rabbit hole I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm.